Hi, and welcome to the Diz Explorers, where each week we talk about the magic that is Disney travel, Disney culture, and, of course, Disney movies. Welcome to episode 22. We are already at episode 22. My name is Melanie, returning from several weeks of being at large at Walt Disney World and on Disney Cruise Line, and then last week I had to deal with the after effects of Hurricane Matthew. Luckily, that was just downed Wi-Fi. We were very lucky in my neck of the woods. But joining us today, we have Adrienne. We Hello. Have, there she is. <laughs> we do have Adrienne. Awesome. And, our, and RJ. Hello, everyone. From California, we have Jessica. Hello, hello. And our correspondent on the go tonight, we have Milford, who is currently at Epcot Food and Wine Festival, somewhere near the fountains, I hear. So yeah, that's if, where I'm at, but you just missed the music. It just shut off, so. Oh. <laughs> so we were just listening to some of the fountain music that was playing as Milford makes his way out of the park. So on today's episode, it's going to be a whole lot of me, so please, troopers, please Yay. pipe it, jump in, <laughs> don't let me ramble on for too long, because... While I was away, I was on a land and sea adventure. I spent several days at Walt Disney World, followed by a cruise on the Disney Dream. And I'm going to tell you all about that experience, some fabulous things that happened while I was away, as well as some great stories and things to share, too. So please chime in if you guys have questions or I skim over something that you want to know a little bit more about, I am happy to do that. So this land and sea adventure was all a part of an annual convention for the Key to the World Travel Agency. Every year they have a convention and they call it KeyCon. But this year, since they were incorporating a sea element, we kind of had it dubbed SeaCon. So we were at SeaCon 16 this year and it was primarily to introduce a number of their agents to Disney Cruise Line. And as a part of their agent education component to the conference, the entire prep school team was there. So I am the editor of DCL Prep School. So I cover Disney Cruise Line. And Shannon is the editor of WDW Prep School, as is Heather. I always like to put Shannon and Heather together because they all they, they do work in tandem. And then Casey, of course, from DLR Prep School. She runs the Disneyland Prep School site. We we helped with their agent education component and really got to experience all that is the key to the World Travel Agency. So if you are over on my site, which is again DCLPrepSchool.com and you see the request to quote, you're actually getting sent that quote is actually getting sent to agents from Key to the World Travel. And I can tell you now that I actually know who this quote is going to. I know who's going to be taking care of my readers when they send that request. And they are a fantastic group of people. I could probably talk an entire podcast just about the Key to the World team. They really have cultivated a fantastic family over there. So the very first day I flew out of North Carolina and headed to Orlando, when I landed, it, it was a very uneventful flight. 
which I like. (laughs) (laughs) I like for things like that to be very uneventful. Instead, though, instead of using the Magical Express, we used a service called Orlando Transportation by Mike. And Mike was actually our driver. So Shannon and I arrived at the same time and Mike drove us from Orlando International Airport to the Contemporary Resort. And he kind of, while we were driving, what I thought was really interesting was that he gave us the perspective of the shuttle service drivers, you know, what their day to day is like, the the certifications, the background checks they have to go through. There's like seven or eight different stickers on their windshields that allowed them to do what they do. It was really fascinating. Wow. Um, Orlando, Orlando Transportation by Mike will get you from the airport to the resorts to all of the theme parks and even over to Port Canaveral. So I, I was really interested in that because I didn't know that he did that, which was wonderful. So we stayed at the Contemporary Resort. Actually, the conference was also being held at the conference center that is on site at the Contemporary. But our rooms were in Bay Lake Tower. Oh, which nice. If you're not from, I know. If you're not familiar with Bay Lake Tower, that's the building the monorail actually goes through. And now that I'm no longer staying there, I can tell you we were in 4423, which is a water view room. So if you go up the tower on the water side, we were second room away from Magic Kingdom, basically. So, like, if I opened my front door, like the door that you go in and out of the room, I could have sneezed on Space Mountain. It was that close. Nice. Like, I opened my front door, and there's Space Mountain. And then below me, the monorail came through. I, I could open my front door and see the monorail anytime. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, when I found out where this room was, I was I, I let the door close behind me, and then I started doing the happy jump up and down dance. It was so undignified, but I didn't care. <laughs> luckily, Casey from DLR Prep School, who was my roommate, luckily she was not there yet to witness that <laughs> because it was most unladylike. That's okay. Because when I saw the view from the inside of my room, the water view, oh, my goodness. So I don't, what is that circular tower called that's next to Bay Lake Tower? a very nice view of that and um so then we had the water view and if you look way up at the trees you could see space shipper so yep so you were goodness just you you were in the uh so you were in where the monorail went through i'm in where the monorail goes through that's um yeah that's if you leave my front door to the right would be magic kingdom yep and to the left would be chef mickey's Okay. So right underneath me was the gift shop. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you, you were in the main building. You were in the A-frame. The, the yes, ba- I was in the A-frame. The Bay, Lake, okay. the Bay Lake Tower is the DVC. That's the newer, the half-circle building that's I next to it. I was in Bay Lake. Anyway, so I'm in the A-frame. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I thought it said BLT. I thought I was in the, in the sandwich building. No. <laughs> I could have sworn. At any rate, so I'm in the A-frame. Yeah, to the right is Magic Kingdom, to the left and down is Chef Mickey. So you can see the monorail coming through. Oh, my gosh. Pinch (laughs) me, pinch me, pinch me. Disney Cruise Line fans will be happy to know that if you do stay in the Contemporary Resort, this is my commercial voice. If you do stay in the Contemporary (laughs) Resort, your toiletries provided are the same 
H2O Plus Spa line, as you will find on Disney Cruise Line. So I was super ecstatic because I love the H2O products on Disney Cruise Line. That is what was in our rooms as well at the Contemporary. So I was like, double toiletries. (laughs) (laughs) Fill up the bag. Yeah, as much as I could. Absolutely. (laughs) So the room we had was beautiful. It is very, I mean, just like you would expect from the Contemporary Resort. It was very contemporary, very spa-like. Not a lot of fun theming going on in the actual room itself, but it was very well appointed. It was very lovely. And considering this was an adults-only trip, very, very nice. There was a workstation in our room, so we had like a, a desk that had all the plugs and outlets and things that you would need to be on a business trip. There was a couch sofa thing in our room that I'm pretty sure flipped out into a bed, but we never needed it. And then we had a lovely balcony, and I did... Um, get to see the water pageant straight from our room. Like, right, stood on my balcony and watched the water pageant. Lovely, lovely room. So the very first night we were there, we had a reception with the agents at, and I am not going to pronounce this correctly because I'm a little too Southern, honestly. (laughs) It was over at the conference center side. It's at the Portica Share or some such nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> I can't even I can't pronounce it basically it's on the porch it's on the front part of conference center it's covered <laughs> so yeah I'm gonna break out into southern because I cannot pronounce that word and that's okay I try look it was lovely it was in the covered entrance area but it was outside so we had a reception in the outside area so that we could view wishes they piped in the music and there was a wine bar but there was also even more importantly, and, and I say this with all due respect to wine, which I love, there was a macaroni and cheese bar. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so okay, sink. that's awesome. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> okay, that trumps so, the wine. <laughs> that's what I said. I'm like, forget the wine and the beer and the cider. There was a macaroni and cheese bar. I, I love these people. They know how to party. So think of the most decadent gooey macaroni and cheese ever. And then there were toppings. What? <laughs> toppings. So what do you had top sh- macaroni and cheese with? Bacon. Shredded. <laughs> no, no. Well, they did have some kind of bacon-y thing, but they had shredded pork. Oh. Shredded chicken. The crispy cracker crumbly buttery thing that you get on, that you put on your macaroni and cheese, but only at Thanksgiving. All, and a couple other things, but the the most important thing and the only thing that really mattered on that bar were chopped up or diced sun-dried tomatoes. Ah. Mm. Divine. Genius. So I, I, I had <laughs> a little sprinkling. It was like sprinkles of goodness on top of – and I had – I won't tell you how many servings I had. I'll just stop there. <laughs> Because there was also a Sunday bar and a slider bar, but all that pales to the macaroni and cheese bar. Seriously. I can't even argue with that. No, not at all. There's no arguing whatsoever with the macaroni and cheese bar. Wishes was lovely. We all oohed and awed and ate one. And ate your macaroni and cheese. And ate your macaroni and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like I was four again. Life is good. (laughs) <laughs> it really was. 
So then the evening came to a conclusion. The next day was the day where they had their actual main conference. So there were speakers throughout the day. I gave a talk. I was first thing in the morning, y'all. First thing in the morning, <laughs> I gave my talk on Disney Cruise Line. And basically my talk was on the Disney Cruise Line difference. What makes Disney Cruise Line so special and worth the investment that families do put into into those into the Disney Cruise Line vacations because it is an investment. We all we all know that there's no glossing over the bottom line when it comes to the cost of a Disney cruise. Um, travel agents know it, families know it, travelers know it. And, and so I went through you know a lot of the things that make Disney Cruise Line so unique, and it was it was an introduction mostly for the agents who had not yet experienced Disney Cruise Line but were about to. So that was so exciting. Shannon gave a talk on Walt Disney World and in helping guests plan Walt Disney World trips. And at the conclusion, Casey from DLR Prep School and Jeff, who is one of the owners of Key to the World Travel, gave a Disneyland presentation, which was super cute as well. And peppered throughout that were actual business meet or business talks to help the travel agents with their business, which even though I'm not an agent and I'm not really a consultant, it was still super interesting to get to see the planning tools and, and the planning from a professional standpoint, because I love planning Disney vacations. I mean, it's just something I could do in my sleep and it's just so neat to listen and learn from professionals who do this for a living and do it and make a very good living at it. They do it very well. And it was so interesting to just, you know, see that as an outsider and that they let me in to see all of that was wonderful. And so we had breakfast and lunch there with the meetings. And then after the meetings had ended that day, we had a phantasmic dessert party over at Hollywood studios. Now, the weather was not being very cooperative, so there was a big old delay in Fantasmic that night. In fact, they kept pushing it back and pushing it back. We thought it might get canceled altogether. But because the weather threatened Fantasmic, it, our, where we had originally planned to do the party was kind of – if you go to Rock and Roller Coaster, apparently there's a little backstage access point that I never knew was there. <laughs> Unless yeah. you know it's there. You're not going to know it's there. Right. And there was a place where we were going to have the dessert party. Well, because of the bad weather, we ended up being shuffled indoors to Club Villain. Oh. There were no villains, but there was a club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. You saw, like, all the thrones of the evil queen. The disco ball is the poisoned apple. Mm. Did you get to sit in the thrones? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There may or may not be photographic evidence of that. I might need to see that. We need photographic evidence of that. You need photographic evidence of me on my evil throne. Preferably with with audio of of an evil cackle at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) My husband says I have a very well-defined cackle. I'm like, hmm. (laughs) So... After the weather, they actually gave us, like, handed out ponchos to all of us because it was going to rain and it wasn't going to rain. You know, it's Florida. Hello. Yeah. And it ended up not 
raining on us because we were inside and the rain, I guess, was over. We went out to the very top level. And I'm not I'm good if I'm going to say it. it's probably stage right. I don't even know my stage right, my stage left. But we were at the very tippity top in a private viewing area, which was good, but it was kind of flat so that we were very high up. So if you weren't in the front level, you're kind of your view wasn't as good. So people ended up standing up and it was much better that way. But we still had our own area. We weren't like crowded in by other people. It was just our group. So it was quite lovely having our own private area to watch Fantasmic. And I will tell you, that's only the second time I've seen Fantasmic. Because for several years we were cursed. <laughs> Either it rained, was canceled, or my kids were too young and just pooped out before Phantasmic came on. So for years we never saw it. And finally, two years ago, was the first time I'd ever even seen Phantasmic. So I was super happy to be able to see it again and actually maybe remember more of the plot line. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really fun and a great way to finish that day the third day of the conference and these let me tell you i can normally go from rope drop to the kiss goodnight and be happy as a clam these people wore me out <laughs> <laughs> these were disney people and it is so much fun as an adult to go and experience walt disney world and, and disney cruise line too but walt disney world with a group of people who get it, mm -hmm. who love Disney. Because my family, they get that I get it, <laughs> and they put up with it, and they enjoy it. But when you're with people who get it, it's a whole nother level of energy. Absolutely. And I've met my match. <laughs> was exhausted by the end of just that. <laughs> and so... Day three comes, and day three, they had some team bonding activities, primarily in the form of a scavenger hunt through Magic Kingdom. Now, this was no run-of-the-mill scavenger hunt. This was crazy. They had an app for it and everything. Really? Kind of scavenger. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. This is serious stuff. Clearly. And there were, like, obscure things we had to go and find and not only take pictures of, but we had to go in a group. So we had to have pictures of the people in the group with the thing we were supposedly finding. It was crazy. It was awesome. But I forgot to say that on the actual meeting day, part of the fun and games of the meeting day, where we would have trivia contests. There were, you know, just general D Disney World trivia as well as Disney Cruise Line trivia. And then the third big event for... The third big competition of it was the scavenger hunt. And what I loved about the scavenger hunt is I got to show that I'm not just some cruise line girl. I actually grew up two hours from Magic Kingdom. <laughs> so I got to show that I knew a little bit more about Disney than just Disney Cruise Line. And they're like, wow, Melanie, you know this. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I, I will bow down to the experts. Some of those ladies on my team it was a it was a girl power team some of those ladies knew their stuff they knew where window boxes were <laughs> on wow. certain built they like they could look at a window box on the outside of a building and go columbia harbor house this way wow and i was i will bow down to that at any moment yeah seriously <laughs> I, I am not worthy so it was so much fun being at Magic Kingdom with people who really really love Walt Disney World and i can proudly say that my team 
won the entire competition event. We did not win the scavenger hunt. We were close a second. Thank you on the scavenger hunt, but in our total points between the trivia, two trivia games and the scavenger hunt, we won. We won. <laughs> it's bragging rights, but you know. Absolutely. Did you do a little so dance? It was, I, I might have. <laughs> Victory I dance. I might have. <laughs> and then after all of that exhaustion, um, some people broke off and stayed for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, while others went there to food and wine. I spent a little bit of time on my own that night. I walked around Future World a little bit, but it was kind of nice just to. Bring it down a level. (laughs) Just to bring it back down. Because the next day was our cruise. The next day we were off to Port Canaveral. And ready to set sail on a three night cruise on the Disney Dream. Now this was my first time on the Disney Dream. I had already sailed on the Magic, the Wonder, and the Fantasy. But I'd never been on the Dream. She usually sails on three and four night cruises to Nassau and Castaway Key. She sometimes does others, but her primary routes are just the three and the four night cruises. And we typically go on the longer cruises because by the time I get to Port Canaveral or Miami or Seattle or wherever the heck I'm going, by the time I get there, I need to be on a cruise for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite an event just to get me to a port. So get, I need to be on the cruise for a while. So it was actually neat to see you know, the different pace, the different vibe that a three night cruise has, but it was also a Halloween on the high seas cruise. So in addition to just the fast pace of the three night cruise, add in the layer of Halloween and it really, it, it, it flew by in just the blink of an eye. It was, it was quite, quite fast pace, which was fun on one hand. On the other hand, I, I, could easily feel why the longer cruises are better fit for my family <laughs> just just because of the base but the first morning we had breakfast the contemporary before we headed over to the port one of the owners lives in the area so we drove over that way we did not use we did not use the um disney cruise line transportation some of the agents did and everybody said it went just fine um but boarding went smoothly. We were actually arrived a little past our port arrival time. So basically, as soon as we had checked through the Castaway Club check-in lines, we walked right on the ship. We did have lunch at the Enchanted Garden. I try to shy, I shy away from Cabanas for most meals just because it gets so hectic up at Cabanas that it's, it's too much. So we did have lunch at the Enchanted Garden, which was nice. We checked out the open houses at Senses as well as the Oceaneer Club and Lab. And there was only one. I'm glad we made it because there was only one open house for the It's a Small World Nursery on the Three Nikers. So I got to walk around the nursery and see that space. That was so cute. Oh, my goodness. It was adorable. So I'm glad I got to see the open house for that. And then it was, I mean, before you knew it, it was time for the Sail Away Deck Party. I mean, we'd already had the mustard drill and it was time for the party i was like wow i mean you blink and it's five o'clock and the ship's moving so we had dinner that night was at the royal palace but after that um was where the very first event for halloween on the high seas took place and that's when the caretaker comes out and he tells the story of halloween and the pumpkin tree that you see in the atrium lobby 
And I will tell you, that was very well done. I liked listening to all of the old Celtic tales of Halloween and what it means. And some people don't want to hear all that. Some people, but I, I'm, I was in it. I was into it. I love it. And I love the pumpkin tree and the kids who all had their pumpkin seeds. They're like, the seeds aren't really seeds. They're actually little pieces of paper that are in the shape of seeds that they either get at the kids club or they can get them over at guest services. But they all give the caretaker the seeds for the pumpkin tree so that the pumpkins can begin to grow on the tree. It was really cute. And it only lasted for about 20 minutes. So I will say this about the Halloween overlay on the atrium. That's really the only place in the cruise where Halloween is kind of in your face. You see the pumpkin banners and the sashes around the atrium and you see the pumpkin tree as well as the Minnie Mouse pumpkin over by the Admiral Donald statue. But otherwise, it's not like pump- Halloween is all, all up in your face. There's a couple of events. You know, there's the sing and scream for the nightmare before Christmas. There's ghost stories up on deck. But that's just coming up funnel vision. So it's not like Halloween is all up in your business. <laughs> it's very tastefully done. This is Disney Cruise Line. It's tastefully done. But it, there's enough there so that you feel it. Right. By the time the second song of the nightmare before Christmas was on, I, I was half asleep. again with the theme of i was exhausted but i'll add to the fact that and and you guys may know this is that i get terribly terribly seasick i am very prone to seasickness which is really bad considering my job (laughs) (laughs) you know but i have found through trial and error that the best thing for me to use are the scopolamine patches. You have to get a prescription from your doctor to get them. They're the little round, they're like little round band-aids that you just stick behind your ear. And they deliver the motion sickness or like an antihistamine slash anti-emetic type thing. And by about 1030, the only side of, there, there are a couple side effects that I particularly experience with this one. And by about 1030, I'm exhausted. Add to the, I've been busy since dawn <laughs> factor hmm. to it but by 10 30 i physically cannot keep my eyes open anymore and i am seriously a party pooper and i'm out <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is still going they're still having a good time and i'm like i'll see y'all in the morning <laughs> and i go to bed but yes the patches do make me a little bit tired when it comes to the evening you know the fact that i made it till 10 30 surprised me because normally by 9 30 10 o'clock I am sound asleep ask my husband on that one he's like you go to bed way too early (laughs) but it is a price to pay for no seasickness I learned the hard way that I must keep the patch on it's I feel good I feel good with the patch on during the day so good in fact that last our last cruise I took the patch off I'm like I'm fine I got this I'm good I don't need the patch how wrong I was (laughs) <laughs> and I paid for it with half a day of my cruise of being just ill for half a day. And on a cruise, half a day is a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's precious, precious time you do not want to lose. So I've learned just keep the patch on and go on about my day. <laughs> so that's what I do. But on the bright side, going to bed early means I get up early. So I was up before Cabanas was even open in the morning. 
which meant I don't mind doing cabanas in the morning if I'm there when it opens because it's not hectic and chaotic yet. In fact, by the time I had gotten there, the hot plate, the hot um, stations weren't even open. It was just the cold breakfast, which was perfect for me because the only thing I'm in search of at that hour in the morning is a morning tugboat, which if you've never had a morning tugboat, it is a strawberry yogurt concoction that is created by the gods. <laughs> it is so good. It's got, it's not the consistency of a yogurt that you would like buy at the grocery store. It's much, I hate using the word soupier, but it is. It's, it, it's more liquidy. Almost like they diluted it a bit with some lovely sweet cream. And there's a bit of granola in there for texture. It is just lovely. It's called, I will say it again, the morning tugboat. You can get it at Cabana's or at the Atrium restaurant that will be on the menu, whether you know it's Lumiere's, Triton's, Royal Quarter, Royal Palace. They will also have a morning tugboat on the menu, and I eat them every morning I can. <laughs> That's really the only thing I crave from land. They're like, what are you looking forward to the most? I'm like, morning tugboat. Easy peasy. They did have a meeting that day with the agents in Evolutions, which is one of the lounges, larger lounges is where we had our meeting that day. And what was interesting about the agent education for that day was it kind of went through the booking process of how, you know, different strategies for booking Disney cruises as far as helping their clients find the right cruises for them and things like that. Again, not so much that would pertain to me per se, but it was still super interesting. I, I will say I learned new things the entire cruise, but the best part of the meeting was at the very end. We had a very special guest come in. Captain Mickey closed our meeting. He came so in just for fun. us. Just for us. If you are on, if you go to my DCL Prep School Facebook page, one of the agents, his name is Zach, he's one of the younger agents, had just a heartfelt reaction when Captain Mickey came in the room and I adore Zach. He, he was one of meeting, you know, some of the agents were, were but I, I guess it, again, I cannot say how fabulous the team at Key to the World Travel is. They are just the best, most fun loving people, biggest hearts, biggest hearts on this, on that team. And seeing Zach's reaction to Captain Mickey coming into the room. Oh, priceless, priceless. So we all got to spend time with Captain Mickey and get a picture taken with them and a big group shot taken with them. It was so fun. We did have a mixology class later on. It wasn't the entire team, obviously, but there were some of us who did want go to the mixology class. And that was quite nice. I always enjoyed those because of the patch that I wear for seasickness. I do limit the alcohol that I drink when I'm on board. But I find that the mixology class is pretty well paced, so I don't feel like I'm, you know, tipping over from too much alcohol. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do find that I feel alcohol much more quickly when I'm wearing the patch, so I tend to kind of shy away from wine and liquor while I'm on board, which is kind of a shame because it is fun part of cruising. But especially you know, an adults-only cruise, especially and with. Adults only, no kids. Did I mention I didn't have my kids with me on this? It was just me and, you know, 50 of my closest Disney-loving friends. <laughs> except and me. It was so much fun, except for you guys. <laughs> <sighs> Can't have everything. Next time. But, you know, 
so I, I know that that's just one of the things that I tend to have to just give up when I'm wearing the patch, but I'm okay with soda and all kinds of, there's, it's not like there's a lack of things for you to experience or drink when you're on board. I don't have to give for the alcohol, so it's all good. And after the mixology was when they had the Halloween dance party for the kids. And that was in the atrium. They were trick or treating. It was super cute. They had the music going and there were characters dancing with them and the strobe lights and they could trick or treat and they would get candy. It was, it was like, you know, M&Ms and Reese's cups and things like that for the trick or treat baskets. Now it was only a three night cruise. So the Halloween, actually all those activities were on the same night as pirate night. So a lot of people predictably are going to do pirates for their costumes because it's, you know, I did kind of a nautical thing where I kind of Disney bounded as Ariel, where I had a dress that was aqua and the little circles on the dress looked like little bubbles. I had a little purple shrug that went with it, a little flower in my hair. So everybody was dressing up. So, you know, everybody had some kind of outfit on, whether they were in full costume or Disney bounding. It was so fun. So we watched the Pirates in the Caribbean. We were on the deck above the pool deck so we could look down. And see the show. It was so much fun. We actually we would do the um the ring toss with the crew member who was holding the sword. That was fun. Then after the Pirates in the Caribbean, we headed over to Currents, which is a lounge to watch Buccaneer Blast. So those who wanted to partake in some beverages and have a nice, comfortable place to watch Buccaneer Blast, which is the fireworks at sea could do that what i thought was the best part of buccaneer blast was looking out around the ship seeing all the other cruise ships in the distance that had circled around us to see our fireworks they all come around it was funny and i don't know why i've never really paid attention to that before i'm sure they've done it before and i was just so focused on the show and looking at the fireworks that i've never really paid attention but from where we were sitting at Currents, I really had a good view of the seas around us. And I was like, holy cow, little scavengers coming to see our fireworks. So, <laughs> whatever. You know, I'm all about sharing the Disney love. <laughs> that was day two. We actually did a fish exchange, which with just the Key to the World group. And if you don't know what a fish exchange is, it's kind of like a gift exchange at sea. I, I kind of liken it to a not-so-secret Santa because you, you put a little card with the gift so they know who it's coming from. But you, if you go and you travel around to each of the staterooms and they hang out a little banner with pockets on it and you can put in little bitty gifts. I had decals made that have the Disney Cruise Line symbol on them so they could put it either on their laptops or their cell phones as long as they don't have a galaxy note because that's no longer allowed on Disney Cruise Line anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They're not or any major airlines. Right. But so I had a small gift and then they returned with small gifts. So every time you come back to your stateroom, we had fantastic gifts. Now, Zach, the young agent who you'll see if you, like I said, if you get over to my Facebook page, you'll see his reaction when Captain Mickey comes in the room. But he is a younger agent and Bless his heart, he had stateroom number 8675, and we just could not let that pass unmarked. 
when you have the stateroom number 8675, I feel it is incumbent upon me to organize what is known as a magnet bomb. A magnet bomb? Magnet bombing. I've never heard of this. It is probably a DCL prep school original. Because if you have the stateroom 8675, and the Tommy Two-Tone song is not in your head yet, <laughs> then you are very young. That's right. If the Tommy Two-Tone song is in your head right now, then you are a child of the 80s or beyond. <laughs> because 8675309 was playing in my head the moment I realized that he had that stateroom number. <laughs> like, Did you put 309 magnets on his door? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will I will put up on the Diz Explorers Facebook page what we did to this ch- to this guy's door. Oh my gosh, we '80s bombed the daylights. So basically, we were not actually bombing. There were no bombs created or detonated for this. <laughs> magnet bombing is when you secretly make magnets within a theme or with certain purpose and you just put these magnets all over their door and they have no idea the magnets are coming. The magnets are coming. So we all, some people made magnets that were, um, there was a magnet that was the Tommy two-tone record cover that said eight, six, seven, five, three or nine. There was a magnet that somebody had taken the image of the bathroom door from the video it scrawls the name Jenny, and then it has the phone number, a six seven five three nine. One of the magnets I did had, um, it, I made, a, it looked like a stateroom door. You know how the stateroom doors have the numbers on them, and it's kind of like in the circle, and it's like a porthole? So I took that stateroom number, and then I added the 309 to it. And so he had a magnet that had 8675309 for a stateroom number. <laughs> there were, and then one of the best magnets and it was multiple magnets actually is that one person in the true spirit of the 1980s basically put an entire pac-man game on his stateroom door it was hilarious that is hilarious (laughs) so we had all kinds of jenny references and (laughs) phone number references and 80s references oh and let me tell you zach is good people and he was just he was shocked that we all went through that just to surprise him and and now he knows what that song is because like <laughs> I said he's one of the younger ones so he he, he needed to be edu- educated, educated on educated <laughs> on 80s culture there that'll learn him. us older us older us older people needed to you know show him how we did things in the 80s <laughs> so I, I love doing things like that and then our final day was on Castaway Key. Now, I will say we were on Castaway Key on October 2nd. We were the last guests to be on the island before all of the ships were diverted for Hurricane Matthew. So we got to hear, you know, what was the, the crew members on the island were actually talking about what they were going to be doing to prepare the island for the hurricane, how many people were leaving. They only left a skeleton crew in the um, the dormitory shelter areas. Um and they were safe. The island was fine. Minimal damage. But it was just really weird knowing that they were going to be preparing for such a major event. Basically, even as we were all walking back to the ship, they were start, they were starting their preparations. 
But our day on Castaway Key was phenomenal. We had a cabana over on the family beach. I was actually in cabana 12. And I've seen views from cabanas 12, 14, 15, 20, and 21. Cabana 12, if you ever get a chance to pick it, pick it. The view of the ship from that spot is by far one of the most lovely views I've seen. You are actually at the end of the second lagoon. So you have easy access to the first lagoon that's cabanas one through 11, but you also have access to the lagoon, easy access to the other lagoon. Um, Beautiful, beautiful spot for the cabanas. It's right near the restrooms as well. So that was quite nice. I spent a couple of hours, the, the first couple hours in the morning, I, I was basically photographing everything I could for DCL prep school. So I could get all of the photos of pretty much the entire island. So I was huffing and puffing and getting that done so that I could relax for the rest of the day. I really wanted to get the photography part of my day out of the way, even though I enjoyed it because I, it was almost like a scavenger hunt there, just making sure I, I got to all of the points that I wanted to. But while I was doing that, I, I had an opportunity to meet a family over on the Pelican Point Overlook area. There's some um, covered picnic tables across from the Heads Up Bar, and they were there. It was a, a young man who has muscular dystrophy, and he, he was there with his godfather. It's such a fantastic family, and I got to talk with them for a while about their experiences with Disney Cruise Line and Walt Disney World. And overall, I, I loved this family. I bumped into them a couple of times, not only on the ship, but even on the island. We had passed a couple of times, and I would always say hi. And then as I got to talk with them, they just loved how overall accessible everything on the ship was for them. He's in a wheelchair, and it's a highly mechanized wheelchair. It's not just electric. There's all kinds of bells and whistles that were on his wheelchair that made his day and made sure that he had the mobility he needed and how they were just praising Disney Cruise Line for their accommodations and for how helpful the crew members were and, you know, just the spaces and how easy it was to maneuver through it. Their only issue was that if you've seen, and I've, I've got it part uh, on my, the images that I have up on DCL Prep School now of the wheelchairs that they have for the beaches, they have a number of beach wheelchairs so that guests with limited mobility can get on the sand and up to to the water but the backs on them are kind of short backed and there were a couple of guests and he was not the only one I noticed there were there was another guest as well another young gentleman who needed a higher backed wheelchair they needed something some kind of a neck support and basically his godfather was like just a higher back so that that was something that you know you need to make sure that the guest service is some a simple modification to those wheelchairs and that would have had because he could not go onto the sand at all because his wheelchair would sink in the sand. So he was, yeah, he wasn't able to hit, you know, to go onto the sand and get into the water at all because he had to stay in his own wheelchair. But they're like, otherwise they were enjoying the island. They were having a great time. So wonderful attitude, wonderful spirit with this family. I wish I could have spent a little more time with them, but I didn't want to, you know, interfere with them anymore. But I love talking with all sorts of families. And that, that's one of the things that I, I try to, do a lot of, but not too much of, because I don't want to be that weird person <laughs> talking to people. And they're like, okay, why do you keep asking us questions? 
but I love talking to families who are traveling with different needs, different from different countries. On our cruise a couple of years ago, my daughter befriended a girl from Brazil. So I love knowing what brings them. You know, I know the Brazilians have a, a rich love of Disney culture. So, you know, love hearing, you know, how, what it took for them to come up and to have, you know, that experience. So I love talking with other families and they're probably thinking, okay, why is this woman still talking to us? <laughs> why should she keep asking us questions? But I love hearing their stories. So I love talking to all of the guests that I could and not having my own family with me gave me the opportunity to do that. But that was one family that really did stick out in my mind how, you know, just how much they loved their time with Disney Cruise Line and how accessible it was, but how it goes to show you that no matter how great it is, nothing's ever perfect, that there all are always things that can be a little bit better. Once I was done with all my photographering, <laughs> all my photography. That's a word. <laughs> my word. It is now. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing about being a writer is I tend to make up at least three new words a week. <laughs> I, I am channeling my inner Robert Sherman on that, and I'm deciding to make up words. Photographeria. Photography. After all of that, I was, again, returning to my theme of exhaustion. I was tired, and I grabbed a float, because if you do have a cabana, floats are included in your rentals. And I decided to float in the water. Now, my previous visits to Castaway Key had all been in January. And I was not yet acquainted with the native sea lice coming into tropical September, October time frame. The sea lice were a biting. <laughs> and hmm. the only, and some people were getting bitten on, mostly it was confined to legs, but I only, the only bites I had were on my feet. And now they were not, I felt some and it's kind of like getting a little ant bite. It was not that bad for me. And it could have had something to do with the fact that the motion sickness medicine that I was already taking did have an antihistamine component to it. I was okay until later. And I'll, I'll tell you that lovely story next. But there were sea lice. They do sell sea lice preventative lotion. You can get it, you know, from your drugstore, from Amazon. Before you sail, they sell it on the ship. They sell it on the island. Might not be a bad idea. <laughs> Oh, especially if you hear that sea lice are in the water and are biting. Like I, said, I didn't even think twice about it because I had never encountered the little critters before. They're basically like baby jellyfish. They call them sea lice. And now I know why. Because they're nuisance little critters. And they just bite you and then they go about their business. They don't like latch on to you like head lice would. So I, I don't even like that word lice. Because they don't latch on and stay with you. And they definitely aren't in your hair. They just bite you and then they go on about it or they sting you really they don't even bite you. They just bump into you and it stings and then they swim away. Like I said, my, my bites weren't all that bad. So at, after we had gotten out of the water, we were relaxing in the cabana, which those cabanas, the last two times I've been on the island, I've been lucky enough to be in a cabana and I don't, I don't know how I could ever do it any other way. They're so lovely. <laughs> They're so comfortable. You get your own hammock. You have, you know, the, Freshwater showers. The restrooms are right there. They're so lovely. I love the hammock. They have sand toys. There's a little button that you push. And when you push it, a crew member comes out to you. They will take your order. They will refresh 
the snacks or the drinks that are in your mini fridge. It's just a wonderful experience, especially when you've been on a cruise that's so go, 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 followed by, you know, Walt Disney World, which was go, 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 go. Just to spend a couple of hours in that cabana. And the waiters from the bar visit you often. They do. Whether you push the button or not, they just come to you. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And they will bring you whatever you ask for. Although with alcoholic beverages, you will be paying for them. But they will bring you whatever you want. And it's wonderful. Now, you do have to go over to Cookies, too, if you're going to be eating. You do need to walk over and, you know, get your own food for that. They don't bring you that food, but they will they your room is our your, your room. Your cabana is already stocked with water, sodas, a fruit bowl, as well as chips and some granola bars. And they will refresh the fruit and the chips and things like that for you. But if you want the actual cookout food over at Cookies Two, Cookies or Cookies Two, you have to actually go walk and get that yourself. They don't bring that to you, but other but you can get it and come back to the cabana. That's pretty easy to do. It's not a very far walk to do that. But if you see the pictures that I have, it was a lovely, lovely day. But in true tropical fashion, there was an afternoon squall that came in that just downpoured. Like all of a sudden, gray, gloomy skies and rain, rain, rain. So we were sitting in the cabana as this rain came in and, well, came down, not into the cabana. but So I'm sure all the other guests were probably scurrying for cover. And we're just sitting there. It was so so nice the rain was pitter pattering and we were relaxing in the cabana so nice so once that passed we made our way we ended up walking the island to get back to the ship just so that we could we, we saw it a couple of hours before it was you know all aboard time but we wanted to go ahead and get back on the ship and rinsed off and changed for the evening but um by the time we made it to the little hut where they check your id and your key to the world card to get back to the ship the skies had opened up again so we are standing at the little place where the Bahamian authorities are looking at our IDs. <laughs> and the skies are open and we're eyeballing how far it is from that hut to the ship. <laughs> and we just make a run for it. There, there wasn't anything else to do. It was not going to stop raining anytime soon. There was nothing to do but just run to the ship. And that's what we did. <laughs> so by the time we made it to the ship, we were soaking wet. From the rain. It was so funny. We were screaming and laughing the entire way as we were running. Because I'm not a very graceful runner. I do not participate in the Castaway Key 5K. That's not something I do. Uh, no. You know, they have the runners that have little stickers on the back of the car that says 13.1, You know, the ones who go higher than 26.2 just need to have that sticker ripped right off their car but i'm proudly in the 0.0 club so i don't run and when i do it's not very graceful and there's usually screaming involved (laughs) 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 high-pitched very unladylike screaming so i'm like running like ah as we get to the (laughs) we get to the ship and we get back on again and we're completely wet, which was kind of nice. It was a freshwater shower. Didn't even have to take a shower. Um, but hey, so we get back to the ship, and it is the optional dressing night. So it is formal night. It's you know, dressing night, so we all get changed and 
we have um, just with the agency, they have a closing reception for us up in Cabana's, as in Cabana's, the buffet on the ship, not the Cabana's on Castaway So we're up in Cabana's and we have a lovely little closing reception that's got fruits and desserts and um, there's some drinks. So it's kind of our way to say goodbye, kind of before we say goodbye. And at that point, so I'm we're we're dressed for dinner, which for me is my little black dress with a little shrug and my little black ballet flats. And as I'm looking at my feet, I'm recalling those little sea lice that bumped into my feet <laughs> and stung me because all of a sudden I've got cankles, <laughs> big bad daddy cankles. And the picture that I have on DCL Prep School. One is obviously worse than the other. <laughs> but the picture I showed you guys was not as bad as it got. There were other pictures I took later that evening where they got bigger. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> but, you know, the party it was not very painful. It was a little uncomfortable. But, you know, the party goes on. I'm, I'm not going to complain about the cankles because I had a fantastic day. But it was just hilarious because, you know, it took about two days for those bad boys to go down. It was like the last days of pregnancy <laughs> kind of cankles. And, you know, I had three kids, so I remembered the cankles. <laughs> and it, it was it was a little disturbing, but not so bad. I was like, okay. You know, you could, like, push on my feet. <laughs> it was not cute. I, I'll go there. I, I keep it real. <laughs> I, I'll tell you the good and the bad. But it was not so bad that I needed that. They do have an after-sting lotion that they sell as well. Really, for me, it was... The Benadryl and some ibuprofen and just drinking a lot of water. It's always counterintuitive when you swell that you need to drink water, but you really do. When you're swollen anyway, <laughs> drink water. A lot of water, lot, not too much ibuprofen and some Benadryl. And I was good to go again in a couple of days. So that was, you know, I have, I'm in my pretty dress with my pretty cankles. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, you know, not, not what I was going to So our last night was dinner at the Enchanted Garden. And then after that, we all went back to our rooms, packed up, because you have to put your luggage out that evening. And then we ended the night over at Pink and Skyline, which is in the adults-only district, for the evening. And then the next day was our day to go home. And I'll get back to that later, because I forgot to mention on um, Pirate Night, because I was so focused on Pirate Night. But that was the night that we were in Animator's Palette. And now having experienced Animator's Palette on all four ships, with the, and I don't know what updates the Wonder is going to have to Animator's Palette once she comes out of Dry Dock next month. But um, I got to tell you, this, the Animator's Palette show on the Dream is my favorite. I loved Crush. Because if, if you know of Turtle Talk with Crush over at Epcot, you get a similar experience to that over on the Disney Dream. And it was so fun and so cute and you get little you know you'll get to play the games where you know the silver fish make shapes and you can you know try to figure out what the shape is before the shape is complete and then crush comes and swims through all of the all of the screens and it's just so cute and heartfelt well done and so that was that was my favorite I, I do like on the fantasy where you draw your little stick person and then that your little your little person is kind of animated in the show and that's cute. 
I, I do kind of like the original concept of Animator's Palette where it begins in black and white and kind of changes the, the artwork really changes the colors but yeah that that was something on the dream that I thought was really really well done I loved all of the decor in Animator's Palette and I, I really gotta say Crush won my heart he's just so sweet and funny but I, I really did enjoy Crush so finally on our very last day we had kind of late flights, so we did get a day room over at the Hyatt in the Orlando International Airport. Love it. If you ever have a late flight and you want to, and you need to go ahead and check out of your room and leave the theme parks, a day room is such a great way to go where you just, you have the room for several hours and you can relax in the room. They've got a pool there and while you're waiting on your flight, our flights weren't until like 4.30. So we left around... 3.315 to make our way through security and be off um, back home. I mean, it really, it, it was just that fast. It was like I flew in and it seemed like I blinked and I flew out. But I saved the best moment for last. The, my very favorite moment of the entire day or the entire week, sorry, happened at Magic Kingdom Park. During the scavenger hunt, we were on Main Street, USA, when I spied out of my little eye, <laughs> all by himself, <laughs> the mayor of Main Street. Oh, nice. And I tell you what, you know, that little four-year-old girl who was screaming when she got into that room in the Contemporary Resort? My, my, <laughs> that would be my inner four-year-old girl. My inner four-year-old girl said, there's the mayor. <laughs> I ran across the street before anybody else could get him. And, and he comes up to about my shoulders. Yeah, he's a little That's dude. That's how tall he is. <laughs> he's a little he's, guy. <laughs> I'm five, five foot eight, and he comes up to, like, my shoulders. And that was probably with his top hat and everything. <laughs> and I begin talking to him and because I have no filter, and I am not shy about, you know, approaching him at all. I've never met him before. He's fantastic. And – so I come up, and then the agents that I'm with who are in my scavenger hunt group come up as well. And pretty soon, this little guy is surrounded by, I was like, eight or nine of us, eight or nine women. And he's got all of our attention. He's telling us stories because he asks me, you know, what I do. And he was actually a cruise director on Norwegian Cruise Lines for 12 years. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Um, and he talked about that. And, you know, he definitely has the personality for it. And there was the behind him, they were finishing up whatever the frozen stage show was going on. We couldn't really hear it from where we were on Main Street, but we could see that it was going on over at the castle. And he belted out a couple bars of let it go. <laughs> and the man can sing. <laughs> oh, he can sing. And then he took his picture with us and he took his picture with me. Oh, my goodness. Melted my Part. I was like swooning over this man. He was so, so fantastic. And it was like one of those Disney moments that, you know, having it with Disney people who understood what that moment was. Because my kids would have been like, oh, that was nice meeting that character. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing who they were meeting. And, oh, it was just, I was blown away by that moment it lasted about five minutes but 
he made us feel like we were the only people in the park and he was there to talk to us. I don't know. I, the people that are like that are, are true gems. And, oh, I, I will never forget that moment. So that was my land and sea adventure. Many thanks to my wonderful roommates. Casey from DLR Prep School was my roommate and um, at the Contemporary. And Deanna, who is one of the fantastic agents over at Key to the World, was my brave, brave roommate on board the Disney Dream. We shared, we had a uh, deluxe ocean view um, room, the ones with the big portholes. Nice. So she was my brave roommate <laughs> during the cruise section. So many thanks to my wonderful roommates and, and you know, the Key to the World family they they really are phenomenal they welcomed me in with open arms and of course my prep school girls they were awesome so i i was humbled the entire week by all of their just generosity it, it's just you know there, there's no people like disney people really and, and to be able to spend a week like just to be able to spend a week in that kind of an atmosphere was was so wonderful and I can't say the word wonderful and fantastic and awesome and amazing enough. I think I've worn those out of my vocabulary in the last few weeks. So, and, and gratitude and thankfulness, it, it, it was just quite the experience. And then I had to come back to real life in a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like a hurricane had already hit me before the hurricane hit me. But luckily in our part of North Carolina, we just really, we lost power for about a day and a half. We lost internet access com or complete cellular for two days and Wi-Fi and internet for about three days. But then we were back at it again. So it, it, for us, Matthew was just an inconvenience. But compared to some of the other areas around here, we had entire sections of I-95 closed for a week and things like that. So for us, Minor inconvenience. We we pulled through pretty well. A little bit of a few branches down in the backyard. It was time to do the autumn lawn care anyway. So <laughs> we, we were very, very lucky where we were. So it was like off the ship and prepared for the hurricane, which is why I couldn't give you my lovely trip report last week. But that's why I am so thankful we have an awesome troop with a lot of people who can jump right on in whenever one of us can't be here. It's part of being a part of this fantastic ensemble. So when you so surround yourself with great Disney people, really wonderful things happen. That's all I can say about that. Absolutely. Um, and at that point, I think I have spoken enough. You guys, I know I haven't been around for about a month, but y'all have got to be sick of hearing my voice right about now. <laughs> I actually um, have a question. Love it. Yes. I was under the impression for some reason that three day cruises don't usually go to Castaway Key. Is that <gasps> yes, wrong? They do. Okay. That is wrong. I think they, they all do. go there. Uh, <laughs> eventually. Well, I figured they did, but I, I don't know why I thought that they kind of skipped that if it was a shorter cruise. No, 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 no. Castaway Key is a part of all of the Bahamian cruises, whether it's three or four nights. So what they'll do is they'll on the three night cruises, they'll, and it's to, when they're in that three day, four day cycle, Obviously, seven days in a week, so it's three days, four days, three days, four days. The three-night cruises leave on – they're the Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. So they'll leave on Friday night. Saturday, they'll be in Nassau. Sunday, they'll be at Castaway Key. And then Monday, back home again. That has been known to be reversed on instances of bad weather. They try to, you know, make sure that the weather's good whenever they can. Um, but that's your typical 
order of events, assuming good weather and nothing out of the ordinary. It's Nassau, the Caswicky. I forget, what is it with the four-day cruises, if Milford's still on? It's usually a uh, Nassau day, day at sea, Castaway Key, or it might be Nassau, Castaway Key, day at sea. Okay, so they do vary that up. All right. But they have to be careful in the summer sometimes because, or in the winter, because the wonder and the magic when they come back from their uh, other areas like Alaska and from Europe, mm-hmm. they also have to use that on occasions. Right, and the fantasy is usually there on Saturdays. Uh, no, because they sail on Saturdays. Oh, no, they sail on Saturdays, so they're there on Fridays. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, the fantasy is Saturday to Saturday cruises, so they're usually there on Fridays. Yep. So even with just the dream and the fantasy, there are guests on the island three days a week. You add the wonder and the magic into the mix, and that obviously adds days of the week where guests will be on the island And that was actually going to happen a couple weeks ago because the magic was in New York and Mm -hmm. was going to come to Port Canaveral, but couldn't because of the hurricane. So I was so tempted. I I can't even tell you how tempted I was just to see how much it would be if I could just make it up to New York for that sailing that diverted up to Canada. Because I actually, I'm looking, I really want to go on one of those Canadian sailings and we're trying to make that happen for, for next year. Um, I did book a placeholder cruise while I was on board with those Canadian dates in mind. So I was like, ooh, mm. too bad I had just gotten off a ship because I was like, ooh, I, because the wonder sailed with about a thousand guests on that cruise. Yeah, that was the it. number wow. that either couldn't make it or wanted to change because they were, they only wanted to go to the Bahamas. They didn't want to go to Canada, right. so there were about a thousand guests on that cruise. Which, yep. considering she normally holds about eighteen hundred, I was gonna say that's nothing. Yeah. So what they did was they um, changed it instead of two seatings for dinner, they only had one, and then they would only do one show at night instead of two. So right. They right. did alter some things. They reduced some offerings to you know account for the lower guest count, but even so, hmm. a thousand guests. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like nothing. You, gotta, cool, you really have the run of the ship. You would have the run of the ship and crew members to yourself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So drinks know, come so, faster. Drinks come faster. More space <laughs> in the kids' clubs. Hello. So I, I'm sure that was quite the sailing. In fact, we had um, friends who were. They left on the Fantasy the day after we did. So I want to say they were on the October 1st sailing of the Fantasy, that the one that was extended by a day because Port Canaveral was closed. Right. So they actually went to Cozumel twice. They never made it to Castaway Key. The Dream and the Fantasy we were actually both in Cozumel on the same day, if I remember correctly. They might have been. The Port Canaveral, not Port Canaveral, the Cozumel webcam that I was looking at only showed the Dream that day. Um, and I I think it was their second stop. So I think, I mean, the fantasy that day. So I think the magic was elsewhere on that day. They, I think they were, you're right. I think they were together for one of those days. But so it was interesting to see where the fleet had kind of all scrambled during the hurricane to stay safe. And they were in sunny waters and they were like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> a wonderful time. <laughs> you know, they, they were, they were far south of the storm and in safe waters the whole time. Yeah. So they they had a good time. They extended it by a day, and all was well. And they're all home safe now with a good story to tell. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, they got an eight night cruise out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yes, sign me up for an eight night cruise. But it it was good that all of the ships are you know back in safe harbors and everybody had to you know contend with hurricane type weather. And now we're just waiting on the Wonder to finish her time in dry dock over the next couple of weeks. Um, Disney Cruise Line keeps coming out with videos every couple of days highlighting new things that are coming. And not, not things necessarily that I, I wish we were getting more of a preview of what was actually happening on the ship. That we're not really seeing too many behind the scenes things. We're seeing a lot of, you know, produced segments of what's going on, but nothing, no, no real photos or videos of what's going right. on it. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, I love if they, because when the magic had her reimagining, they had that, they did that entire special over on TLC. Oh, <laughs> The yes, reimagining yes, of the Disney right. magic. And I think you can still get yeah, that on Netflix. That. Netflix might still Probably. have that. If not, you can see it on YouTube. I know the entire show. Oh, no, definitely. The yeah. re- and it's the reimagining of the Disney magic. I know YouTube's got the entire episode, but they show them on TLC with their other Disney programs. I- I'd like to see the reimagining of the wonder. I- I'd love to see all that because it's, it's new things. It's different <sighs> things. Parrot Key, which is the lower level restaurant, is getting cleared out, making way for Tiana's place. I'd love to see the retheming of that, some retheming yeah, of the adult really spaces. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think the wonder was definitely due for a good little facelift and some time at the spa. She needs it. A little nip, a little tuck. She's <laughs> showing her age a little bit. She's still fabulous. I mean, I sailed on her a couple of years ago. She's fantastic, but, uh, you know. 1,800, 2,000 guests at a time will take a toll on a little girl. <laughs> but, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But so it was definitely time for her to spend some time in dry dock. But the, the photos that have been coming out either from people who are working in the port or guests to the port, you can see that she's being repainted. I've seen, you know, the entire whole strip of the paint. Um, so you see the under skin. Just t- I mean, Literally, there are tons. I forget how many tons of paint there are actually on the ship. Thousands of pounds of paint, just paint, are on the ship. <laughs> because if you think if you get like a five-gallon jug of paint, how far that goes in your house, how much paint is actually on one of those ships? Well, if you've ever been on a boat and watched them paint it, that's almost like they're painting it every time you're on there. They are yeah. constantly well, the- painting. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I- I remember, you know, when we were on ours 16 years ago, 14 years ago, same thing. Like when we hung back on the ship at the days they were at ports and stuff, you know, those those guys are out there hanging from ropes and everything else, Mm -hmm. touching up under railings and under stairs and, you know, where the high traffic areas and stuff, which I I love. I mean, I I love the behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. You know, the the on stage stuff. But so, so seeing that go on constantly, it was just like. You know, because you never see it in the parks because they do that stuff, you know, when, it's when nobody's there. So it's just funny to see it. Part of what I was telling the agents, you know, part of what the Disney difference is, is taking care of those details. They're constantly maintaining, constantly cleaning and painting and taking care of those little details because there was another cruise ship when we were in Nassau. There were, well, there were several cruise ships when we were in Nassau. And you could look like right across the way and see the rust dripping from the porthole windows um, yep. Just, just really faded paint on the tails that were up on the stacks. It had the tail that was just this very 
faded color and just the white of the ship was dingy and I'm like if that's what they let guests see like what are they not letting us see I always think you know whenever I have guests come to my house they, they, I let them see the pretty <laughs> you know I, I try to hide what's exactly. not as attractive <laughs> you know I, I try to you know keep the closet doors closed keep the laundry room door closed you know the, I try to you know move the remove whatever scuff marks I can you know quickly so I'm thinking if they're letting the guests see all of this, you know, dingy paint and all of that rust on those other cruise, other cruise lines, not dingy. I'm like, if they're letting us see that, what are they hiding? I mean, I, from the areas that I saw on, you know, the, the backstage areas, and it's very few backstage areas I've ever seen on a Disney cruise line ship at, but they, they're all in pristine condition. Corridors, stairwells are well maintained and it, it's just, you know, I'm like, this is the part they don't usually let me see. But when the doors open to, you know, crew member only areas, they're, they're all very well kept. I'm like, OK, good. This is what I'm not seeing. And it's still well maintained. So I, I feel a little bit better. <laughs> right, and and yeah. you know that they're constantly pressure washing and cleaning and making sure that every surface that guests interact with is just pristine. There's no other word for it. You feel that nope. difference when they care for those spaces that much. It, you just feel it. So that that's one thing that keeps us going back time and time again, that amongst other things. But just feeling that you're on a ship that is just so well taken care of makes you feel so much better because you're on a ship in the middle of the ocean. I want that ship to be the best kept ship on the ocean. <laughs> If my if I'm on it and my family is on it, that's where I want to be. That's one of the things that really keeps us coming back. Right now, we don't have our next one on the books, but we're we're working with schedules right now to figure out when our next one's going to be. And as soon as I know again, I will let you know because we had to rearrange January due to some alternate family travel that's going to be taking place at the beginning of next year. So. We're going to have to figure some things out, but the placeholders are booked. The next cruise will be coming at some point. <laughs> right. So, yeah, now that I've, again, monopolized all of the conversation. You're no, just no, making up okay. for last time. It's all right. Making up for three weeks. I know. Uh, that's what happens. I only come once a month and then it's the Melanie takeover. <laughs> I've been on mute most of the time because I'm coughing up half a lung over here. So <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> I will say, though, a nasty, nasty cold swept through my family the week before my trip. And I only got a touch of it. And luckily, I was pretty well clear by the time I got on my plane to head down to Orlando because I was about to kill my children for bringing home some crazy bug and giving it to me the week I was going to travel. like As soon as you're at Disney World, going to Disney World or coming home from Disney World. Somebody gets sick. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten laryngitis at Walt Disney World because we just, somebody's been sick in my house. Like, I'm sick of being sick at Disney World. But if you must be sick, Disney World's a place to be. Yeah, it's not a bad place. I Better mean. to be sick there than <laughs> sick at home any yeah. day. No doubt. No doubt. I, I'd rather drag myself to the to the parks and not go on any ride and just kind of meander about than have to drag my ass to work. 
<laughs> Sick. So, because they don't have a choice. <laughs> Milford, have you made your way through Disney transportation yet? Where are you? I am back at my resort room. And amazingly, oh. I didn't drop the call, but just once when I lost Wi-Fi at the park. Oh, so. man. Disney the bus ride and everything. Yeah, I made the bus ride and everything. Wow. When the par- when the parks aren't crowded and there are and during like show times and stuff, it's it actually works fine. But when everybody's periscoping and Facebook living during fireworks shows, castle shows yeah. and parades and stuff, that's when it gets bogged down. Yeah. But other than that, I, f- I find that it's actually it's much better than what it was when it first rolled out. I mean, they still need to improve on it better, I think, but when we were there a couple of weeks ago, I had no issues of logging right on to the app and, and changing fast passes and getting fast passes. The only pain in the ass thing that they've changed is every time you log, you open the app, you have to put your flipping password in again. It's which killing is me. The most annoying thing in the world. And I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it, it kind of happened with the latest update and they're waiting for another update to fix it. But I had cast member cast members even say to me how annoying it was can you not use number- the fingerprint thing to log in i don't i don't have it i don't have the fingerprint thing uh, on my phone because i don't i don't use a passcode or any of that nonsense on my phone because it's just annoying to me so <laughs> it's always it's always open it's always unlocked yeah i have i have the fingerprint thing on mine we've had all kinds of issues with stuff like that this week you see i was Fast- actually really loving the fast pass feature when I was there because the last time we were there was actually, believe it or not, it had been 2014 since I'd been to Walt Disney World. We've been cruising. Um, and back then, that the My Disney Experience app was fresh and buggy and, ugh, and it was not as super fly as it is now because I was like, ooh, <laughs> fast pass here, let's change that. I, oh, it was wonderful when I was there. I love it. I, yeah, was, I love and I didn't have to, I didn't feel like my face was in my phone the whole time this time because when it was all buggy and I couldn't really make fast passes like I, you can now, two years ago, I just felt like my face was constantly in my phone trying to change fast passes because the weather had changed our plans, you know, the best laid plans. You know, I'd made those fast passes two months in advance. And of course, one day of rain and they're all worthless. This time around, I was very well impressed because my schedule kept changing that afternoon and I had to keep dumping my soaring fast pass. Just praying to goodness I would get one of the last ones, and I did. I finally snuck snuck a fast pass at like 8:20 p.m. <laughs> so I finally saw the new storm. I never did make it back to Frozen. I actually it, got both of them in. I, oh, yeah. I would have, but my time it was more me, it was more me than not being able to secure a Frozen fast pass. I just didn't have the time. But yeah, it was it was much nicer for me using the app. So just you know. I kind of like hearing how you guys experience it. But, yeah, I've got the fingerprint thing, so that makes the signing in much much quicker. Yeah, I should probably set that up. <laughs> Not you know the app's I, fault if you don't have the fingerprint. <laughs> well, you know what it is? I I drive a truck. I'm in construction for my job, so I have the big, giant, ridiculous case on it, and ah. it probably would add – I'm sure it works through it. They all say they do, but I've, I think that's the main reason. Oh, uh, I do too. I've got the OtterBox thing that has the fingerprint guard, and it's not. Yeah. It, it is a little worse than not having right. it. The, the older OtterBoxes didn't have the fingerprint guard on it. But no, they didn't. The new ones do, but it it work. It still works. 
In fact, the app works better with the fingerprint. Maybe because they have my fingerprint on file with the little scanner. I'm teasing. It's <laughs> yeah. I'm teasing. I'm not going into oh, Disney please, conspiracy let's theories. Let's not, let's not start those rumors today. <laughs> no, they're not linking your iPhone thumbprint to your index fingerprint from... Not not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm surprised. I will. Like, I will retinal scanning you, is coming next. I will tell you today, <laughs> I rode Expedition Everest mm-hmm. and did... And I was standing there waiting for my picture to come up, and it never came up. I get to dinner, and my sister-in-law says, hey, your picture showed up on the photo pass. I'm like, I never scanned my badge. So now they're using the facial recognition stuff in the park now. You don't have to scan. I didn't scan my thing once, and we didn't have Memory Maker for this trip. We just had the regular... I think they're RFIDing you. I don't know if it's facial recognition. Is it facial rec? No, it's uh, RFID. No, it's the RFID. They know when you're coming through the ride, whether you're scanned for your fast pass or whatever. They they recognize when your bracelet passes. Now, DCL does use facial recognition for your photos. For sure. Right. I I haven't had a chance to ask. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to ask my cat's member friend yet. See what he says. After the um, Wishes Macaroni and Cheese Extravaganza, they did have the um, DVC party, Animal Kingdom party. Oh, nice. After our change, and I did go on the... We were only there for a little while because after all that macaroni and cheese, how much more awesome can you actually take in a day? Exactly. (laughs) Um, I did get to ride Expedition Everest at night, which was really fun. Um, Oh, good for you. I I never had done that before. And we did go on the safari at night. And I think the animals were as exhausted as I was because other than some wildebeests, they were just like over us. They're like, um, y'all need to get home because we're tired <laughs> and we know you are too. So just go home. I feel like the end of Ferris Bueller. Go home. Go home, go yeah. home now. <laughs> like, why are y'all still here? <laughs> um, but yeah, other than the wildebeests, and I will say the lions looked like really kind of scary because you couldn't really mm-hmm. see that they were separated from you because it was dark. And they were like staring us down and stuff. I was like, um, <laughs> y'all are over in your area, right? <laughs> You're scaring me a bit. But yeah, so we did do that. But yeah, I did see our picture from that coming to, and I, I think it was on my Disney experience thing. And I don't have Memory Maker and I didn't even have, I mean, it was my wristband was hooked up through my Disney experience and things just showed up. So it was really random what showed up and what didn't show up. I think the RFID was working for my day. Yeah, I'm not sure the rhyme or, re- rhyme or reason behind that as far as for the ride photos and stuff. Yeah. I did get to experience the joy that is the RFID in my cup at where was I, the, Contemp- uh, the Contempo Cafe over the Contemporary. Yep. <laughs> I did get to experience the joy of you have three more refills before <laughs> 3 p.m. And That's funny. It was funny because I was chatting with Shannon for selling it and I kept forgetting to we were just talking and talking talking we weren't refilling our cups so finally when we realized it we're like ooh get it and it was like you know back you have to maximize the amount of soda we got so it's like chug 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 <laughs> more soda <laughs> because it was just a matter of principle that we had to at least get enough soda and, and it was really bad because I had chug 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 and I must have done it so quickly that it hadn't registered that it had given me soda. So it gave me more soda, but it didn't take up one of my uses. So oh, nice. I know. I'm like, ooh, a glitch. A glitch, yeah. A glitch. It didn't use there. one of my 
my refills. So I got like another yeah. bonus refill, but my bladder could only take so much, so I didn't get all my refills. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Lesson yep. learned there. Okay. Oh, really, really quickly. But yeah, it was funny because some people are like, what is this? And I'm like, there's a chip. And they're like, there's a chip. And I'm like, turn your cup over. And they're like, oh, whoa. And they didn't know whether to be excited or creeped out. But, you know, it's technology. I haven't bought a mug in, oh, God, this is so long, it's not even funny. I haven't. And I don't been, think I ever would. Well, I'm not, we don't do the dining plan anymore. It just doesn't make oh, too I much sense. I haven't done the for dining us. plan either. No, no. It made it sense when my kids were little and they weren't. You know, the ones who would eat more, but we were only paying for kids. But then when they were all of a sudden adults, when they weren't eating that much, it just it stopped making sense. And we weren't doing character meals anymore, right. which are cha-ching, which were a great, ex- you know, for us for a while, we were in that character meal sweet spot where it made a lot of sense. Yep. And now we're not there anymore. So it, it we like to just kind of go a la carte, and just eat when we're hungry. And I will say, my day at Magic Kingdom, I had a Dole Whip and a Mickey's Premium Ice Cream Bar for breakfast. Perfect. I know, breakfast of champion. It was wonderful. I'm pretty we, sure I, I know I did that a couple mornings too. Popcorn. <laughs> we had, um, and one of the things that, you know, I always recommend doing is writing a cast member or crew member commendations. If you have a cast member. Or a crew member who has given you just service above and beyond, taking five minutes and stopping by Town Hall over on Main Street USA and writing a little card and writing their name. If you know where they're from, like if you could see on their name badge where they're from, that's very helpful. But the time of day and where they were and then write what they did, you know, why they, you know, why you remembered them. And that goes into their file that goes for raises and promotions, and it, it stays in their file forever. So if you ever have one of those cast members, I wrote four. We had so many fantastic interactions with cast members at um, Magic Kingdom that I took the paper that we were doing the scavenger hunt on, and we just started taking notes because there were so many people who were helping us. They, they were getting, you know, the cast members were getting in the fun of the scavenger hunt with us. And it was like, oh, I don't even know where that is. And they would like go with us and find things, you know, as long as they, we stayed in their zone. They would help us look around their zones and things like that. And we had one of the, um, we had to take a picture of the Mickey's premium ice cream bar with us in the picture. And that's probably why he did it, but we didn't actually want the bar per se. But I'm sure by the time we had all touched it, he was like, I'm not putting that back in my freezer. And he just gave it to us. <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, 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 you keep it. And, but he was, it, it wasn't just that he did that, but he was very funny. But he was like talking with us and really interacting with us. I was just kind of excited to, you know, I guess hang out with us. Maybe it's because he was at the ice cream cart and it was like 10 a.m. And not too many people were at the ice cream carts at 10 a.m. <laughs> they were still like at breakfast mode. Yeah. Maybe he was just, you know, really happy to see people who were happy to see him. I don't know. It, it's just, that's, you know, one of the great things about you know, the Disney parks and Disney presenters, just the people who work there that just really make it so much fun. Oh, definitely. That's, you know, why we all go back because I like being taken care of. I, I take care of people all day long. I take care of my house all day long and I feed people and I walk dogs and I, you know, do what I do and you guys do what you do. I know you guys have 
you know, families of your own or jobs and things like that. And you're taking care of other people and other things. And just to spend a week where people are taking care of you is priceless. Priceless. It definitely is. And it's, it's funny, though, because even in that, I find that and I curb it a lot because I feel that some people just don't want to know more information or stuff, but I can't, my wife constantly shakes her head at me if we're, if we're, <laughs> we're there and she's around when it happens. But even though, just like you said, it's nice to be taken care of and not have to do anything and stuff like that. But I feel like if I see somebody who looks a bit confused or isn't go, doesn't go to a cast member or if I'm, you know, in line and you hear a conversation either in front or in back <laughs> you, if I hear incorrect information, like oh. I, I feel not in a, like I don't try to play know-it-all because I'm surely I am not, but if I feel that I can correct somebody in a way that it'll help them, not to just be like, oh no, you're not right, you know, if they say something stupid like, you know, uh, Space Mountain opened up when the park opened up in 1971, I wouldn't just go turn around and say, no, you're wrong. None of Tomorrowland was here when the park right. opened. Space Mountain came in 1975, hence Starport 75. You know, come on, pay attention. But <laughs> I'm not like no. that. But if it's but yeah, you don't know it all. No, I don't. <laughs> but it's just uh, <laughs> if I could provide like a helpful like a tip or oh when we were you know when my kids if it had, relating to kids it's like oh when my kids were that age we did this or we tried this or this worked better for them type deal and. Eh, take it with a grain of salt. You know, I I don't expect everybody to heed all advice, but right. it's just I feel if I hear some information that that I'm like, eh, <laughs> it's just I feel the need to correct. Or if somebody says that you know an attraction is in a different land, they or they if they're going in the wrong direction, right. and I know they're going in the wrong yes. direction, I'm like. Why not? I, it's like, I'll, I'll try to kind of play it off. I'm like, I think you might want to be heading off that way. <laughs> you know, I will try to guide them if they're headed towards, you know, Tomorrowland, but I know they need to be headed towards Frontierland. I will, yep. you know, maybe that path might be better choice. <laughs> I, I try not to do that as well. My favorite is when people but. say, when they're, usually it's in the Magic Kingdom. When Epcot is the other place, I'll hear it a lot. Is when people say, either talking to somebody else in their party or whatever, like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're we're at we're at Disney World today, and then we're gonna go to, you know, whatever to Epcot the next day or to the to other parks the other day." I'm like, "Okay, no, you're not. This is not. This no, isn't no, 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 Disney no, no. I will World. tell you this where is that the Magic came from. Kingdom. You want to know? <laughs> I know we're gonna. I know we have mini sods where we talk about like movies. This is gonna be a mega sode. So I can tell you that the origin okay. of that. Because I'm a Floridian, back in the day, Magic Kingdom was all there was. So when you're going oh, to Disney yes, World, yes. you met, you were you're at Magic Kingdom. So we would say we're going to Disney World, and that meant Magic Kingdom. And then we would say, hey, we're going to go to Epcot, or we're going to go to MGM. Right, right. But Disney World just meant Magic Kingdom, and for several people in my family, that is still the case. They still call Magic Kingdom Disney World, and they still call Epcot. Epcot Center, and they still call Hollywood Studios. Oh, well, I do too. It's just, just funny. Do. They're not going to change exactly, but it is funny when you hear it because we're so we, you know, those of us who are geeked out on it all, we we know all the proper nomenclature. We, we know we know the proper pronunciations and even punctuation yes. for all of the. We know it's a small world is has no capital no. letters, but <laughs> so it's yeah, it's funny. It's funny that stuff. It is funny to hear you know. All that kind of stuff. 
And I love the people that get confused and think Hollywood Studios is universal. Oh. I haven't heard I haven't heard uh, that one, but I could only imagine. <laughs> They're not even close. Yeah, but it is nope. confusing when people think that they can go back and forth between them, <laughs> and then I, I just stay out of that conversation completely because that's on a whole yeah. other level. I don't want to get in that. I'm like, I'm not getting in on any of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it. You know, I was, had worked with a travel agent on a cruise, not on a cruise, on a girls' getaway weekend. It was to food and wine several years ago and she was a lot of fun to work with and she you know liked working with me because she's like you know obviously I knew my stuff and she said that you know she still worked with clients who did not realize that well the whole Walt Disney World Resort was four individual theme parks not one in mass plates meaning you know Soren was at the same park as Space Mountain so you know they're there's just the mass of Walt Disney World that kind of lends to misconceptions and things like misinformation. No doubt. No doubt. All right, y'all. Well, why don't we try and wrap it up? Because I know we are on Megasode status. <laughs> we might even break this one down into, we might even do just part one and part two on this one and release it to two yeah, different Yeah, we'll see times. how it edits out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how our master pro- producers uh, go for this one. Before we head off, while... Well, we still have a few of us left. Do we still have Adrienne? I'm here. I think she, oh, you are here. Yay. I'm here. I know. I'm here. We're, we're getting late for those of y'all with little ones. <laughs> we record in the evening. For those of y'all who don't know, we record in the evenings. We don't even begin talking until usually around 9, 9.30 in the yep. evening. So it, it's getting late over here on the East That's Coast. For sure. <laughs> so before we leave, we do like to uh, give you guys a chance to get in touch with us all on social media. So Adrian, I will let you go first. Let everyone know how we can get in contact with you on social media and through your blog. You can find my blog at wdwbound.com and on Twitter at wdwbound underscore com and on Facebook at adriwdwbound. And Milford, who is in Walt Disney World right now, how can we find you? Uh, you can find me on my blog site, MilfordHutzel.com. That's my Milford on the Move blog. And Milford on the Move on Twitter. And Milford on the Move on Facebook. And our in-house royalty over on the West Coast, Jessica. Uh, she actually ducked out. She had to go help her roommate. We don't even have Jessica. Oh, <laughs> I missed that all message. Right. All right. Well, Jessica, you can find her on DuchessDisneyland.com. And you can get all of her contact information over on DizExplorers.com. Which leaves our pirate producer, RJ, who will probably be mincing this into several <laughs> episodes. <laughs> you have your work cut out for yeah, That's all right. It's all for the greater good. All right. So you can find me on the <laughs> Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. And I am on the Twitter, Instagram, and the Periscope at BlackPearl454. Oh, I like that. The Facebook. <laughs> I like going to the store. All right. And you can, this is Melanie. You can find me over at dclprepschool.com on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash dclprepschool. And over on Twitter, it's dclprepschool as well. If you're Instagramming or Pinteresting or doing anything with an ing, it's just dclprep. And that's how you can get in touch with me. So from all of us troopers, 
especially me, the long-winded trooper of the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to my land and sea journey. I'm sure now you felt like you were actually there, too. (laughs) Um, But until next time, thanks for joining us. Thank you.